empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. Hey, I'm so glad that you're listening today. You are catching this podcast in the end of a series we have been doing on women influencers of faith. This has been so exciting and thrilling, mainly because it's been in my heart for quite some time, and the timing of it has just been right. We've had some incredible guests, and we're finishing up this series today with a very special interview that I'm so thrilled to be bringing you right Now, this was with a new friend of mine, but a woman that I have high regard, honor, and respect for. And she is none other than author, speaker, and co-pastor of The Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee, Alex Seeley. Alex has become a new friend of mine. We met at a conference maybe about a year and a half ago or so. And I found out that her and her husband, Henry, had planted this church here in Nashville. And we just clicked. I just liked her right away. And she was so warm and endearing. But what I loved about her is that everything that comes out of Pastor Alex literally flows from the genuineness of her heart. What she has in God is real. And because it's real, when she gives it, people are getting set free. Now, her husband, Henry, is well known because of both of their involvement in Australia, where they are from, with a movement called the Planet Shakers. Henry was one of the lead worship leaders of this movement, and they really steered that Planet Shakers movement as it grew to over 10,000 people. It was incredible. And their story is amazing. At the height of all of that, the Lord began to deal with Henry and Alex and said, would you be willing to lay all of this down at this incredible moment and go to a place that I am calling you? Well, they did. And expecting the Red Sea to part, it was any thing, but I can't wait for you to hear this conversation that I had with Alex right here in Nashville, Tennessee. We actually did it in my home over a half sketchy brunch that I threw together, but it was a great conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with this amazing right now, women influencer of faith, Alex Seeley. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jen Trengale, and wherever this podcast is finding you, I am so glad that you are listening today. We release two podcasts every month, and for those of you that are our regular listeners, you know we have been in a series on women influencers of faith. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite series that we have done because of the stories that we have heard from women from all walks of life. Some of them, you guys know their names. Some of them, nobody's really ever heard their names, but they are doing phenomenal things. Today, my guest is one many of you know. She is remarkable. Her and her husband pastor a thriving church, The Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee, and I fell in love with her 
the moment that I met her. And I'm so grateful for the little few moments that we have gotten to snatch here and there. So I want to welcome my guest, Pastor Alex Seely. Alex, it's such a joy to have you today. Oh my goodness. This is, I've been looking forward to this because it is likewise. I fell in love with you the minute Aww. we met at that conference and I'm so glad that you're in Nashville. Yes, I'm so glad. <laughs> and really, I have to give a shout out to that conference where we met Pastor Marla Rowe. Yeah. Uh, my pastor's there in Colleen, Texas. Yeah. That whole church fell in love with you oh. that weekend. And I know we have loads of listeners that follow you all, stream the services, so the brand new worship project that just dropped. Everybody's yep. going nuts over that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just great. But I hold in my hands a copy of your brand new book. And now your first book, Taylor Made. Fabulous book. I loved that cover, by the way. But this book is really making waves. It's called yeah. The Opposite Life. And I love the tag, Unlocking the Mysteries of God's Upside Down Kingdom. And I just love the whole concept. I wanted to ask you, did you know right off the bat, this is what you wanted to call it based on what was in you to write or did it come after the fact? It, it, it came after the fact. I wanted to coin a phrase of... Because in our church, I'll often preach this kind of coined phrase of we have to move in the opposite spirit. Yeah. So I couldn't call it the opposite spirit because mm-hmm. that kind of is weird. Mm-hmm. And so I knew something about the opposite had to be in there. And so as I began writing it, I just we, we came to the conclusion of opposite life. And everyone was like, yes, yes. it just made so much sense. Because I didn't want the upside down kingdom because I think it's been done before. So I had to think of something unique to get someone's attention, mm-hmm. but really articulate what it means to yeah. live kingdom minded rather than naturally minded. Yeah. Which on the one hand, you know, if you are a Christ follower, you kind of go, oh, well, yeah, I know that's what the book says. But in our culture today, which is why this book is just, it's like an alarm clock went uh-huh. off and this book came yeah. at just the right moment. Because yeah. our culture today, in fact, you have a statement in here that I loved and you talked about how you had to learn to die to what you thought would make you happy. That's right. And even in our faith-based circles, right, that's not really as talked much about. It's like, follow your dream. 100%. Talk to me a little bit about that, because you have a real take on this that's powerful. Yeah, I I don't know when it shifted, but Christ following shifted in Christendom a couple of decades ago, or Mm. maybe a decade. I don't know. I don't know the time frame. All I know is it went from take up your cross, Mm -hmm. die to everything, leave everything behind, repent, and turn. Mm to this, your dreams are God dreams. Yeah. And our now everything, Christendom is focused on us fulfilling. It's almost like the American dream blended in to Christendom. And now it's, we're angry at God if he hasn't given us our Mm. dream to be famous or to be known. That's so good. When Jesus never told his disciples, he in fact said, if you follow me, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. Yeah. But if you hate your life, you'll gain it. Yeah. Everything was opposite. So I'm reading the Gospels going, where did we move so far away from taking up your cross, 
to taking up your couch. Like, I just feel like we've got Come a comfortable on. Christianity. Yeah. And this is why I think we've got so many egocentric, we've got so many toxic Christians, and I think it's where the celebrity world of Christianity has merged. Yeah. And the world's looking at the church and almost laughing a little bit at it and going, well, what makes you so different to me? Right. You and I are on the yes. same medication. Yes. So what's the big... What's different? What's yeah. this Jesus about? Yeah. And so we've That's made really it comfortable, but I don't think... Christianity or, t- or following Jesus was ever meant to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why their disciples, or 10 of them, were martyred mm-hmm. for their faith. Mm-hmm. One of them died old age, one of them took himself out, but there's a reason why there were 10 that loved Jesus more than their own lives and they were willing to die for it. And I think we've lost that piece of the gospel. I think, too, we've made coming to Jesus an option. Yeah. We no longer do salvation altar calls and ask people to come forward because all that, that just may turn somebody away. Right. Like, what? Right. The Bible says that if you deny me before man, I can't know you before the Father. I won't deny you before the Father. But if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before the Father in heaven. So where did we lose this, oh, we're going to make it, you know, relevant and comfortable for you to come in. But I think in this generation, the way a Christian is going to stand out Mm -hmm. is by doing everything opposite and counter to what humanity is doing right now. Yeah. This reminds me of a little story I have to tell you about the first time I came to the Belonging Coast service. It was a Tuesday night that you and your husband pastor in Nashville. And you were preaching that night. You stood up and you said, so many of you are miserable and you're unhappy and you're full of anxiety. And yet many of you grew up in the church and you had your Bible in your hand not an iPad, you had your Bible, just saying. And you took it and you said, the reason is because when it comes to what's in this book, you are illiterate. Yes. And I remember sitting there thinking, okay, I wonder how this is going to go down. (laughs) Like, oh. And then I thought, maybe they're trying to weed some people out. Maybe this. So, and I'm looking around and it's a lot of younger generations, but it's a mix too, but a lot of younger. And I'm thinking, okay, Because usually younger gens right now, it's like, if this isn't my cup of tea, I'm out. No one moved. Not one. I mean, people weren't getting up to go to the restroom. Yeah. No one moved because of the conviction that you said that with. Is that still what you're seeing today is having to grab even some people that have claimed Christianity for a while and saying, you you don't know the book. Yeah, and it's amazing because I think this generation wants to be told yeah. the real Jesus. Yeah, They don't want the motivational talks. They don't want the three ways how to have a successful life. Because so I true. can get that from Tony Robbins and I can get that from Oprah and right. it's really good stuff. It's really good It's stuff. actually really life-giving stuff. Yeah. But what we're lacking is come to Jesus Deny yourself because in the denying of yourself, in the dying to yourself, you will truly find life. And that's what Jesus was preaching to the people when he came. And he flipped everything on its head to this Jewish culture that was so indoctrinated to living by a law and living by a system. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm going to throw a cat amongst the pigeons and I'm going to show you that this new kingdom 
is going to be completely counter to your flesh, mm -hmm. but it is the only way to true life and freedom. And so that's what I feel convicted to teach a generation. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's what a lot of people, that's been the marvel of The Belonging Co, mm -hmm. is how are you getting young millennials right. to sell out for Jesus? Yeah. Well, bring the true gospel yeah. and watch it. They want it. Yeah. We underestimate their hunger. It's we so underestimate. True. I love that we underestimate their hunger, yeah. but it really is there. And they want somebody to tell them yes, the, the truth. truth. Yeah. yeah. In your book, you tell this story. It's maybe one of my favorite parts of the story because it was personal. It involved you and Henry transitioning to Nashville, which of course yes. connected with me. But I love the story yes. in this book because it speaks to so many people that are right now either sensing transition or they've gone through it and the expectation that they had for what it was going to look like on the other side it's not it's yeah. not looking like so just to kind of stop here and say like you don't really have a nashville accent no <laughs> so you weren't born here as no. they say so you all are from australia yeah. and thriving and i always kind of chuckle just the little bit I've been around you and getting to know you because I just was actually at a conference and one of the speakers, their team, they're Australians. Yeah. And then the other speaker, they have been in Australia for 14 years. The Sealies are a big deal <laughs> in Australia. And you guys <laughs> never really talk about that. I mean, you'll, I've heard you tell your story and you know, I know you enough to know that's your heart, so you're not there to talk about Henry and Alex. But I just highlight that to say that move was a move very few people would have made because you had served, you had worked, God had birthed something through you, and it was impacting not just a city, not just a region, but a nation in nations. Mm. So to mm. be willing to say, I think God is saying, you know, we're kind of king of the hill, but I think God is saying go. Would you share, and I know yeah. it's in the book, everybody's going to want to get this to get the full yeah. picture, but talk about what that was like when you know it's Nashville and you come and it's not bells and whistles. Oh my goodness. I think this was the hugest lesson for me and because you hear God. And so for our journey, and so I just want to preface too, when you're feeling God is God sensing you to transition. It's not a quick make a decision and two weeks later you're calling the U-Haul. Right. Know. It was a two-year transition in our hearts, in our spirits, with our pastors, because this was a big deal. I mean, yeah. we were leaving. In the world's eyes, you work towards a pinnacle. Yes. Right? You walk, work towards comfort, really. I think that's the way we do it mm -hmm. without realizing it. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's just you work towards. You start as an apprentice and then you become the master. You know, it's, mm -hmm. that's just the natural progression. So we've kind of become the masters of, of our field, if you like. And then God says in a, in a service, would you go to nothing with nothing but the presence of God? And I'll distinctly remember that that little impression in my heart and feeling this question mm -hmm. from God and going, no. Mm -hmm. Like, I, my immediate response was, <laughs> I don't have faith for that. Wow. What do you mean to nothing? If someone gave me a job offer, yeah. I'd think about it, pray about it. Sure. But you're saying uproot 
yeah. and go to nothing after we've helped build something for 20 years yeah. and go start again, yeah. nearing 40. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. So then you go through that two years of prophetic words being confirmed, you going through the right channels. So you're, so that whole two-year crescendo then lead, leads you to the big move, right? Mm-hmm. So we pack up our little family, we go 8,000 miles across the other side, we land in Nashville. Leave your country. Yes. Yeah. Like, this isn't just state to state. Right. Like, this is country, culture, family. Favorite foods. Everything. Everything I know and love. And yeah. I'm near 40. And we get here, Jen, and there's nothing for us. Like, I'm thinking in my brain, da-da-da-da, I'm here, God, roll out the red carpet. Because I obeyed you. Yeah. I've done the hard work this for is two so good. years. Yeah. I've believed. We've yeah. petitioned. We've prayed. And so I'm thinking I've got a mindset of how it needs to look now. We've uh-huh. been here two weeks, God. Nothing's opening. Yeah. And now I'm offended at God. After yeah. two weeks, I've landed and nothing. It's tight shut. I don't know a human being. I don't know the culture. I don't even have a church to plant in. We've got no income. We're living off our life savings. It is literally like desert. Wow. And I get here and then I'm reminded, hold on a minute. You said go to nothing with nothing but the presence of God. Now, now what? And I think this is where people get tripped up because it doesn't happen the yeah. way they think it needs to happen. So we all have a perspective of how it needs to look. Sure. And it's like God wants to erase that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not willing mm-hmm. to work with him, mm-hmm. you will live in constant frustration. I think that's what the Israelites did for 40 years. Yeah. They did not lean into what God was wanting to teach them and train them. Yeah. Because he's trying to take Egypt out of them. Right, right. But they're stubborn. Yeah. And they're going, but it needs to look like this and it needs to look like that. And why aren't you here for us here? And God's saying, if you could just trust me in the process of wilderness, mm. I will shape you and refine you. So I had to, about three months into this process, yield my pride, mm. yield looking foolish to the people back home because now they're thinking they've totally missed the will of God. Wow. And I remember God saying, if you're not prepared to look foolish to man, mm-hmm. I won't be able to trust you with the fullness of what I have for you. And I remember at that point having to surrender to the process. Okay, God, hands off. However it needs to look, you take the driver's seat. Wow. I'm sitting in the back now, and I'm just following your lead. Wow. And that's when it all changed for yeah. us. Yeah. And it still didn't look. Us running a church was never the plan. Mm. Us having a church here was never the plan. Mm-hmm. But I think once you make that step of faith to transition and you know there's something in your heart, mm-hmm. God says, all right, do it my way and watch. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Do you know what the desire of my heart's always been since I was 11? Mm. Is to see people changed and free. Mm. But I think sometimes we put it in certain boxes of how we want people to look free yeah. and changed. Yeah. So you, if I remember this right, it was like two years. Two years. Of yeah. no signs of active ministry. Yep. Nothingness. Just nothing. And then one day, talk a little bit about that, how you just decided to have some people over. Yeah. It was a word from God that I got when I was reading scripture when it was in the nothingness. And I was like, 
oh, I've got to yield to this process. But he speaks to me out of Second Kings 2, 19. And it was about the waters, cleaning the waters. Yeah. And it was a direct word I felt like God gave us almost a mission mm-hmm. in this city. He was mm-hmm. like, the location here is good, it says in Second Kings 2. But the waters are toxic and the land is unfruitful. Yes. And so he says, Elisha says to the prophets, bring me a bowl of salt. Bring new bowl me of salt. a bowl of salt. Bowl of salt. And as I put the salt in the waters... The waters were healed and the land became fruitful and has been fruitful to this day. And I just get this injection like God goes, that's why you're here. You think Nashville's wrong. The location is actually right. But the waters are sick. The spiritual waters are sick. And you've got to do a new thing here. And you've got to bring my spirit, my cleansing power. What does salt do? It cleans. Yeah. It heals. And it preserves. Yeah. And he says, you're going to bring a new wave of the spirit. Yeah. And in the waters of the spiritual climate, you're going to see this land become fruitful yeah. because it's become toxic and it's become, it, it's become religious and it's yeah. become fame-oriented mm-hmm. and it's celebrified. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I need it to come back to me. I'm mm-hmm. jealous God. And so I get that mandate, but then I'm thinking, well, what now? Right. And this is where I think a lot of people struggle because they it's get so the good. word of the Lord. Yep. And they're like, well, what? But I felt God say, who are you without the title of mm-hmm. Pastor Alex? Who are you without the church, Planet Shakers? Mm-hmm. Who are you without being Henry Seely's wife, mm-hmm. worship leader, mm-hmm. king of the hill? Uh-huh. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I went, I'm your daughter. And he's like, well, start acting like one. To the one. He goes, love people like I love people. Wow. Just start with one. Start with what's in your hand. Yeah. Start with a seed. Yeah. And I this just so was good. intentional yeah. about if I'd seen you at Whole Foods mm-hmm. I, and if I felt God say, pray for her, I would. I yeah. would come up to you and say, hey, I just felt this impression to pray for you. Is there anything I could pray for you? And they'd be like, how do you know? Today I'm going through the worst. Um, let me just pray. He never ventured into anything. But then every time I was with someone... It had a purpose attached to it. Mm. Well, then Henry just gets this idea. Mm-hmm. wasn't thus saith the Lord in a prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. It's this idea, hey, Al, we're seeing a lot of people. He was working with people at this point in studios and yeah. writing rooms, and he's sensing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's disgruntled with their community of church. Yeah. There's no place yeah. to just gather and be discipled because they're all on the road. Yeah. So he just gets this idea, goes, love, there's a need. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why God had us watching, being aware. Ah. Not just coming in with an agenda to change something, right. but responding to a need. And That's this good. is why I think the church has blown up, because we've not come in with our, yep. we're coming in and we're here we are, the gift of God mm-hmm. to this world. We came in and we watched yeah. where there was a need. Yep. And we saw this pocket of a bunch of people being unchurched and mm. not discipled. And so Henry just says, hey, let's open up our home. We know how to minister to people. Five people show up the first night and God moves profoundly. And I remember God saying, don't despise this small beginning. I'm doing something. I'm cleaning the waters. And I actually preached. That was my first message to the basement to five people, the cleaning of the waters of this city. I still have it and I speak it into our DNA class every time new membership comes into our church. Wow. Because I want to always be reminded of the yeah, why, of what we why. do. Yeah. And it just started from obedience of five people wow. gathered with us. 
Alex, there's so many lessons in just this story. And, and I think that's why this book, it's like a life manual for yeah. life right now. It is, yeah. In the culture we're living in, there's so many tremendous books that have been written and truths we can take. But this is one that's applied to if you're called to be a Christ follower in this culture, yep. this is the stuff you're going to need. Yeah. And it's so good for that. There's so many lessons in just your story and the book and what you shared. You know, I think about getting to know you a little bit. You are a doer mm-hmm. and a go-getter. So I think of going from constant motion in ministry to two years of stillness and not jumping ship. Yeah, it was agony. And I kicked and screamed in yeah. the first section of it. And I, because I thought the wilderness was punishment. Right. I thought we were being put good. in time out. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it is a setup for promotion. That's so And good. every single one of us needs to be taken out of the game sometimes for a season, mm-hmm. whether it's one month, two months, two years, five years. That's God's design. That's yeah. not on us, that's right. on God. And so no, no one person is going to ever look the same. I think every one season is different. But yeah. for me, I felt God say, you've been a great doer. Yeah. But you've lost the art of being. Yeah. And I kicked and screamed because mm-hmm. I, I felt this call to change the world. And I thought it was hinged on me and my efforts. And mm-hmm. God was like, I love you, baby girl. And I know that I've called you to be great. But yeah. I'm actually the Alpha and Omega. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Not yet. Right. I parted the seas. I walked on water. You co-labor with me, but I don't want you working apart from abiding in me. That's so profound. That's so so good. And we we need that so much right now. And I think too, it takes the pressure off of people that are walking that journey out or in transition, going, I must have missed it. Yes. I'm overanalyzing what I thought I heard to say, if you're in that season, don't fight your season B. Yes. And that's what I hear you saying yeah. after you got through the kicking and the screaming when God could say, no, Alex, I'm actually in this. It makes me think of a precious a young couple was just in a meeting this past weekend and the Lord just ministered to them. And it was, you're in transition And you're defining this transition as unknown, but heaven defines it as ordered. Oh, love that. And it takes the pressure off of going, okay, I I haven't been sent to the back 40. Yes. You know, heaven's in this. We had on Amy Grant last month, and she shared a similar thing. It's kind of interesting. She said that the Lord talked to her about the power of I am. Mm. And she said, I realized when I am just being present is when I am most like I am because he literally names himself. Mm -hmm. I just am. That's right. And that's what you're saying. You spell this out so good in the book because boy, is that ever the opposite life? Totally. It's it's so the opposite of yeah. you got to get things done and totally you got to get ahead of the game and yeah we got to hustle we got to we've got to make it work we've got to network we've got to be out there and 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 God goes be still and know that I am God that's wait good. those yeah. who wait on the Lord 
will renew their strength and they'll run and they'll, they won't grow weary and they'll walk and they'll not faint and they'll, you know, they'll fly. Mm-hmm. And we have got it all opposite. So we're striving, mm-hmm. we're killing people, you know, like right. emotionally. And, and God's going, do you trust me? Yeah. I called you before the foundations of the world. Yeah. Psalm 139, 14 says, I've written every one of your days in a book before they ever came to be. Do you think I don't have this? <laughs> and yet you're here running with a, like a chicken without a head, trying to work this all out. And if you could just be, because I think what happened to me in those, those two years, he deconstructed what church looks like. Wow. What ministry looks like what family looks like, Mm. what friendship looks like, and what true love looks like. So this is why I've written this book, because that was the deconstruction process of, I'm nothing without him. And if it's just him Mm -hmm. and nothing else, if I never pick up another microphone, if I never sing another song, if I never write another book, if I never go to another destination, he's more than enough. Yeah. And when we get to that sweet spot, mm-hmm. nothing's precious anymore. So you're able then to be free to go, I've got nothing to lose. That's so good. That's so good. Question for you. Right now, you all are in how many services a weekend? Four. Four services a weekend. And I, I swear there's two of you because <laughs> I will be like flying home from a meeting you know, on a Sunday, and I see that you've been in, like, Minneapolis or wherever, and then, you know, the next thing I know, you're at church on Sunday night, and then I'm there on Tuesday, you're preaching Tuesday, and I'm like, is she a twin? How is this? (laughs) So my question is, you had to learn that in the stillness. I can't imagine, Alex, that you and Henry could sustain the explosive, there's really no other word for it, not only growth of the church, but of the influence. Mm -hmm. And keep your marriage, keep your family, keep your sanity, and keep the wellspring. I can't imagine you could navigate the season without having that at your core. Do you find that you have to contend to keep hold of that? 100%. Yeah. Always. I I was just saying this on the weekend, they interviewed me at this conference, and they said, how do you do ministry, life, family, balance. And I said, well, we need to get the word balance out. Come on. Because I don't think there's such thing as balance. And again, this is what we're bringing into the church. Oh, we need to have everything balanced. No, Jesus said, actually, if you don't hate your father or your mother, then you're not actually qualified to be my disciple. Now, he's not saying to hate them. He's saying, if I'm not first, then... There is no discipleship. Right. So there is no balance in ministry. But I don't, I don't even believe that I'm in ministry and a person who's working in retail is not in ministry. Exactly. We're all in ministry. Yeah, yeah. But we're all called to sell out. So this is really where I'm, I'm headed. So my selling out as a Christ disciple is not in my doing. It's always in my being. But out of my being, I flow out and do. And so I've got to come home and centre. And I was just teaching the girls this at church this morning in my, my prayer meeting. And I said to them, I said, guys, I've just preached five messages this weekend. I've just flown back last night. I just took the kids to school. But I didn't neglect my being mm-hmm. with Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. my being with Jesus. And then we started the prayer meeting by entering in and just being. 
So good. And I think if you can, you don't even need to do it for hours. Yeah. You can do it 10 minutes of every hour. Yeah. And that is enough. That is enough. And then when I have my moments, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just be, because I won't be able to sustain. Yeah. The longevity. I love that. Without the being. I love that. And I think that's what that two year break. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. To never neglect that. That, and this is a really good good place to kind of wind this conversation up because I just realized that one of the powerful things that happens in reading your book is, and this is probably more so for believers, Christ followers, there's something at work that deconstructs what needs to be deconstructed. It takes the, the limitations off of maybe how you thought your relationship with God was supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, you've got to get up, shut in a room, do that devotional, read that Bible, yep. make your, you know, it just deep because it comes back to being. That's right. And his presence, which is so powerful. And I think too, you know, and we have a lot of leaders, people from all walks of life, tremendous leaders that listen to the podcast. And I think there's a lot that's deconstructed for leaders. Yeah, no, it is. It's for everybody. It really is. It's so right on time. Alex, thank you for writing it. Thank you. Thank you for writing it. Because you could have easily just said, there's so much screaming for right now, you know, and nobody would have blamed you. But to stop and take the time, this is a really a tool of destiny, which is close to my heart, but it's a tool for life. I want to encourage all of our listeners to get a hold of this. It's called The Opposite Life, Unlocking the Mysteries of God's Upside-Down Kingdom. Your dear friend, Lisa Bevere, did the foreword, and you two are great to watch together. And I will just throw this out for all of our uh, girl listeners. It is a good-looking book. I mean, like... I'm like, I have yes. beat my copy up because I've had it on about 20 planes in the last two weeks. But like, you just want it on your kitchen table. It's got that gold foil. It's yeah, so really pretty. Yeah, and it really it looks good too when you buy it with Taylor made the black and yes, white. Yes, the black and white. I, I was very intentional about uh-huh. my books having a theme. I was like, <laughs> if this woman isn't a designer, I don't know who is. I can't wait to see what the next one will be. There'll be like an encyclopedia of books and all the covers have to go together. They'll be all monochromatic. Yes. The next one will probably be gray. (laughs) I was thinking that was probably going to be the case. Hey, before we wind up, we like to do something to have a little fun on the podcast. And so we always like to ask our guests three sort of get to know you questions. Now you can attest, I did not prep you for these. No, you did did not. No. So these are just straight off the cuff. So just kind of fun. So we are doing this. We're heading into fall. Hopefully fall hits here in Nashville soon. Next week. Next week. That's the hope. Okay. Next week is going to happen. So fall, you just wind up drinking more coffee than you normally even do. What is like one of your go-to coffee Starbucks drinks? What's your fave? It's it's actually not coffee, which is so funny. It's Starbucks. Okay. What do you do? Starbucks is a London fog. So it is Earl Grey tea latte with a pump of vanilla. And that's my go-to. And I'm not joking. It tastes like... Lucky Charms cereal. <laughs> I'm just going to say that is not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were, it tastes like gold yes. in a cup 
fall. No, it tastes like it does. Lucky it's got just a chocolate. little sweetness to yeah. it. Yeah, with the Earl Grey, and I'm not joking. It's really good. Ooh, okay, so London fog. fog, and so it's Earl Grey tea with a pump of vanilla. vanilla. Everyone, get to your local Starbucks. Okay. okay. Uh, you are a tremendous author. I have found that once you start writing your own books, you even get a little pickier about the books that you read. Mm -hmm. What is a right now or a recent book that you have read that was just like, I just loved it? It might be a life-inspiring book, just a great story, anything come to mind. Yeah, goodness. I mean, I'm reading a book right now that is rocking my world. Really? I have never read a book where I have to lay it down after every chapter so that I can digest what I just read Whoa. and then meditate on it. Whoa. Now, it's an expository book, so for those of you who probably don't like, but, but it's so palatable for the average person. Yeah. And for those of you who perhaps fear the book of Revelation, mm. this is the book for you. Okay. And so basically it's called Discipleship on the Edge, Mm. in the book of Revelation by Daryl Johnson. Johnson. And I'm at, I started it the day after conference, so whatever date that was, and I'm only at chapter 8. Wow. And I cannot tell you, it's made Revelation huh. alive to me. Wow. And I'm going to preach from it because it's literally changed so much of how I see Jesus. It's so in line with even the opposite life because it's talking about how we're to be disciples of Christ in the last days. Yeah. But it's not heavy. Huh. It's not freaky. It is literally the most beautiful. I've wept every chapter. Wow. So okay, tell us that book. again. Uh, Discipleship on the Edge, mm-hmm. the book of Revelation by Daryl Johnson. I love that. Okay, good. I'm going to have to get hold of that. Yes, yeah, seriously, you would love it. Okay, and then last question, Australia. What is... I know. She has her hand on her heart. (laughs) Which the other hilarious thing about you is that you are from Australia, but you are Italian. Oh, yeah. I I am full-blooded Italian. We could actually be related and not even know Mm -hmm. it. There's a good chance. Yes. Okay. So, but Australia, Mm -hmm. give us a couple of things from Australia Favorite foods, go-to snack foods you can't get here in the States that you're like, you Americans are missing it big time. Yeah, I actually answered this question yesterday, so it's still fresh in my mind. It's the same answer every time, but there are two items that are the only things I ever ask for if someone is coming from home to here okay, or that my mum will post to me when I'm in dire need of yeah. them because you can't get them at all. Like, you can't even get a likeness of them here. <gasps> So the first one, I mean, you can get tuna here. I love tuna. I'm a tuna girl. Uh-huh. There is only one canned tuna that I will eat, and I've eaten it since we were little. We only ever bought one brand, and it's called Serena tuna, S-E-R-E-N-A tuna, and it has a mermaid on the packaging. <laughs> it is yellow, and it is perfect. And I could eat I could eat tons of tuna every day if I had that. So wow. that, that's like gold to me. Yeah. It's like gold. Gold. Then I make it on a you know panini with like tuna, lettuce, and mayonnaise, oh. and it is the best thing in the world. Oh. The other thing, I'm a bit of a sweet tooth, and what Americans don't have, and I don't know why, I should really bring it in. If yeah. anyone's listening and you're entrepreneurial, yes. try this. Do this. Because it's called, they're called chocolate bullets, oh. and they are 
milk chocolate or dark chocolate or white chocolate covered black licorice in the size <gasps> of a bullet like that you would load into a gun. Yes, so, which um, only makes it cooler. Yeah, So and they're called chocolate bullets. Chocolate bullets. And I'm not joking, it will change your life. Wow. And you can't stop at one. You have, you have to, have to keep going. Bag. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't like black licorice, but it's not like black licorice in America. Okay. Okay. It's soft black licorice with milk chocolate cover and that's the and i miss that in fact right now i need you some. need so some. any australian listeners yes. can send it so the, basically Jen. the key to <laughs> pastor alex Seely's heart is called chocolate bullets chocolate bullets and her precious tuna <laughs> i have i feel like i've learned a lot i feel like i've really <laughs> learned a lot this has been so much fun yeah. And I can't thank you enough. Uh, 18 million services later in the last 24 <laughs> hours. You got in late last night. I got in so late last you. night. It's a miracle that we put two sentences totally. together, but the Lord did it. But this is just such a joy. Thank you again for your time. And thank you for writing this book. And thank you for what you all are stewarding there at the Belonging Co. It's changing Nashville, but it's really impacting the nations. Thank you. And it's so right on time. Everybody, you are going to want to get this book, The Opposite Life, Unlocking the Mysteries of God's Upside Down Kingdom. I can tell you for a fact it's on Amazon. You can get it wherever books are sold. And if you don't already have tailor-made, get that too because they look so good together. You're going to want them both sitting in your house. Your cool factor will go up. (laughs) In fact, men, the reason why I did this is so that men would read the books as well. So they don't look. And my name's Alex Seely, so that if they're on a train, a bus or whatever, because I don't write specifically for women. I I write for the body. And I made them generic enough that a man can pick them up and not not feel weird. Having some female face on the cover. It's so true. Even your name, you just wouldn't know. I'm going to have to change my name. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, I know while you were listening to this podcast that it spoke to your heart. And no doubt, probably the season that you are walking out right now. And I just believe that God ministered to you. But also, there might have been somebody that popped up in your mind and you thought they need to hear this. So I want to encourage you, take a moment, share this uh, with a friend. Um, They can find it on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and get it available to them. And we just believe that it will speak to their heart just like it did yours. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening again. Have a great week, and we will see you back here soon. You can connect with Alex Seely through her Instagram at Alex Seely, S-E-E-L-E-Y, or connect through the church website at thebelonging.co. There you can get a copy of her book, The Opposite Life. You can also find it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.